Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. All right, so we're back to uh, continuing our, our studies in spiritual gifts. Uh, we were blessed last time to come together and study on uh, the gifts of prophecy, words of wisdom, and words of knowledge, which uh, to me it challenged me a lot. Um, and as you, as you heard in our teaching, a lot of it was done by Pastor Trish because I was just, it was just one of those things that I didn't understand well. And I was glad that that's why it works when we, when we teach together, that God uh, opens to one or to the other. Most of the time we're hoping for both, that we both understand that God gives I think us you wisdom. over-prepared last time and it kind of left you with yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was. Paralysis I, of analysis. They call it. Uh, oh, yeah. Overthink I've, it. I've read way too much, but today, so today we're continuing. Today we're going to talk about uh, three, three new uh, spiritual gifts, which is going to be faith, uh, healing, and miraculous power. And this is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And again, I want to read um, the whole part over here, and then we'll just get into uh, the actual gifts. Uh, and so I'm going to start at four. It says, there are different kind of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So we talked, talked about this last time that different gifts do different things. The list that we're reading about is manifestation of the Spirit. It's, it's kind of reminds us that the Spirit is there. It gives us, um, shows us that the power is there. You know, because sometimes, especially now in the church, we become so complacent that we're like the, the Holy Spirit is not working anymore. Uh, and these are the gifts that prove that the Spirit is alive and well in us, working through us, and is still as powerful as the as the day uh, God spoke the universe, and through that Spirit, all things were created. Uh, so the, we need to remember that. So that's why when we're looking at these gifts. They're there to kind of encourage us. They're, they get become manifested and we see them and like, oh, yeah, God is still here. So it kind of helps with our faith. It helps with our walk and everything else. And today, of course, we're going to be talking about faith. So verse 8, to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, but means of the same spirit. Today we're going to talk about verse 9. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another miraculous power and we're going to stop right there um because that's what we're going to cover to cover today again we're going to cover a uh, gift of faith gift of healing and gift of miraculous power and i it's, it's a key thing that it says it always ends with by the same spirit by the same spirit it's not out of us it's not that we so special that we have these gifts that we get to manifest these gifts for other people. It is by God's God's alone. We do not hold on to this. I am not a healer. I am not a miraculous power person. I'm not a, I don't know, faith. We hold on to titles. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is not what it's about. It's, it's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do whatever He wants through whoever He wants at any time and any place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And these are the gifts. These manifestation gifts are the ones that all of us are can have. So it's, it's a blessing to all of us to encourage the church. 
the, uh, the end of the end point of all this to have is to bring glory to God, to encourage the church, to keep moving forward. Because if we don't have, I can see how stale churches could be if they don't see these signs. Because like, I can see them started questioning, is there a God? Is there a Holy Spirit? If they don't see it, the problem is they're not seeking it. And so that, that's, that would be a hard thing. So we want to dive in first in the spiritual gift of faith. And again, we're focusing on the spiritual gift of faith because we truly believe every believer have faith. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you should have some kind of faith when you, when you put that, that uh, big title on, that title, a uh, big statement that I, I believe in those things, I confess those things. So there's got to be some kind of faith. If you're reading the scripture, there's some kind of faith that you have this. But the gift of faith is just that a little bit more. There's that, there's that change. Um, my best thing, and I've shared this a while ago, that I always love it. Like, I can look at a chair and can say, like, I believe that's a chair. I believe it's a good chair. It looks like a chair in FKS, but until I sit on it and put my, all my weight into it, that's when I actually have faith in that chair. You know, like, yeah, it will hold me up. It doesn't matter how long I can talk about that chair until I sit on it. That shows. So that's the difference between that we want to show and prove, especially in our examples, is there's a difference between talking about that I have faith and actually sit, there's action behind it. We're living in that faith, right? So Hebrews 11 is a great chapter for the study of faith because not only does it give a definition of faith, but it also outlines examples of saints who had great faith and like we said you know faith without deeds is dead mm -hmm. and we need to have faith that's how we it is by grace that we are saved through faith mm -hmm. and that's not of ourselves it is a gift of god so that no one can boast so in order to enter the kingdom we must have faith all we need is the faith of a mustard seed but certain christians have the gift of great faith mm -hmm. where they're able to to trust in god um you know there's this that old classic story of that there was, which is appropriate, it's raining tonight, that there was a drought and in the farming community, they decided to all come together to pray for rain, but only one person showed up with an umbrella. And the person who has great faith is the oh. one who would show up with an umbrella. So they all came and had the faith to pray that God would bring rain, mm -hmm. but only one was af not afraid to look stupid by showing up with an actual umbrella, like actually expected mm -hmm. God to, to move and to bring rain. So. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So there's a certain uh, confidence that when someone has the gift of faith, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt and they're unwavering in something that, you know, we, there's no evidence to believe it. There's no reason in our natural selves to, to believe that God is about to do this thing, but they know by faith and they trust by faith um, that's someone who has the gift of faith. And it says in uh, verse two, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. And then it begins to outline those who had the faith. And I want to look at verse seven. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built, built an ark to save his family. And then verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And then in verse 11, it says, by faith, Abraham, used again as an example, 
even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father because he considered himself faithful who had made the promise. So the reason I chose these three, there's a lot of examples in chapter 11 is uh, for a couple of reasons. First, the first thing that we draw out of this is that faith does not begin with the individual, just like all the other spiritual gifts the 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 spiritual gift starts it has its origin in god and we just are the respond the, the recipients and the the ones who respond to what god is already doing so you see here in each of these it says noah was warned about things not yet seen abraham was called to go to a place abraham was promised certain things so we see that faith is a response to what god has already shown uh faith is not just wishing something into existence. It's not positive affirmations. It's not chanting a mantra. And this is what separates us from other religions where it's not just positive thinking, but it's that God reveals something and we take it at face value and we believe that it's true. And we stand on the, his word, we stand on his promises. And there's three primary ways. So again, faith begins with God speaking and us trusting. So three ways that God speaks. One, he commands, like he did here, where he commanded Abraham to go to a land to his, you know, for his inheritance. Um, and he goes to that land and, and the Lord says, this is, you know, this land will be inherited by your descendants. And he receives the, he receives the reward, I guess, for lack of a better word, the blessing, because he responded with obedience to God's command. The second way that God speaks and we can respond with faith is God warns. He warned Noah that there was something coming. Mm -hmm. And again, this goes back to right, the prophetic gift. We talked about that last time mm -hmm. about how God will use the prophets and God doesn't do anything without first revealing to his prophets. And so there may be a warning that comes forth in the church through a prophetic gift. Um, and that person either responds in faith or maybe someone else was bringing the prophetic word and the person of faith stands on that and trusts in that revelation. So the first is a command. The second is a warning that God could give a warning. And notice here that the warning requires action. There's repentance that's required. There's some activity that's required. And in this case, uh, no one needed to actually build an ark in order mm -hmm. to save his family. There was something that God required. Mm -hmm. And this is like what you were saying about faith, that it's, faith is not just some abstract concept that we just believe. It requires action. Faith requires, that's why I said earlier, faith without deeds is dead. Mm -hmm. So you have faith. Show me your faith by what you do. This is all from James. Yeah. Uh, so we're not just teaching this off of just our opinion. This is coming from actual scripture. And the third way, so God commands, God warns. And then the third one we see here is with Abraham and Sarah, who became, who fathered Isaac in their old age. And it says that he considered him faithful who had made the promise. So the third way that we can respond in faith is that God gives us a promise. And what better place to look than the whole of scripture, right? To see God's promises and to demonstrate our faith by standing on the promises of God, um, that God will do what he says. You know, one of the biggest promises that he says is he is with us always, even to the end of the age. And he says that he's coming and he's coming soon. And as Christians, we are all called to stand in faith and to live as if that promise was coming to pass that today could be our last day. Yeah, and just to jump in, so so because you've quoted James a couple of times, I just want to, this is out of James chapter 2, when he talks about the good deeds, about if, if you see a brother who is hungry and naked, don't be like, God bless you, I'll pray for you to get fed, and 
close no you close them and then he says um someone will say you have faith i have deeds show me your faith without deeds and i'll show you my faith for what i do and then he kind of james kind of jabbed the way he loves to do it he says you believe that there's one god good even the demons believe that and shudder just having that just that faith is you have to show that you truly believe what Jesus has said, what the word of God has said. So that was out of James chapter 2, um, 18 through, well, 14 through um, 19. That's the scripture that you were referring to. Right. So we have to recognize that faith begins with God, speaking, commanding, warning, promising. And we respond to that through action, mm -hmm. not just having right belief. This is where I think we get into a lot of trouble because the church has very often, we emphasize so much having the right belief and churches and denominations have split over and over and over again over not having the right belief. And while sound theology is important, as it says, warns here in James, even the demons know what the truth is, but they don't obey, they don't mm. live, they oh, don't align. Yep. And that's where faith comes in is that we see that Noah, Abraham, these other examples of the faith, they responded with obedience and and in order to walk in the gift of faith we need to walk in obedience the same way and demonstrate our faith by what we do yeah and there's a reason why he, in hebrews hebrews chapter 11 there's a list there's a lot of great men and women of the bible but for some reason god put on the heart to for the writer of hebrews to write those people and there's a there's a great amount of, of who's in, in that i think there's like 15 17 different uh, examples in there there they did something that it, it had to point out so those are the people with those spiritual gifts it's not just faith but it goes beyond mm -hmm. uh, beyond that faith and that's what we're looking for in the spiritual gift of faith is going that above and beyond of just like oh yeah i believe no let's let's see your faith let's let's see your faith like the 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 three brothers hey we'll go in the fire you know, we'll go in the fire. We'll, we still will praise God if he saves us or not, but we're going to go in there. You know, it's, it's that kind of faith of, I stand on God's word. I stand on God's word. So that, that's kind of important one. And that kind of, for me, that kind of shifts over to the next verse that, that was on my heart was Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word, through the word of Christ. So when we build that faith, those people who have the spiritual gift of faith, they consume the Bible because they want to know where my faith is standing on. If I look to the left, to the right of this world, it's very hard to find faith. Faith in people, faith in everything that's going around. It's, it's an evil world, sadly to say. But what happens in the word of God that's where our faith builds up because we know that he was faithful from the beginning to the end and his promises became true and there's faith all around. And as you look into that, you connect like, man, God has saved me from this. God has healed me from this. God has provided in this matter, just the way God provided for the, for the people in the Bible, he has provided me in the same way in my life. Right? So I can, because I can see the, the connection, what the word of God is telling me about God, and then what I see in my life, that, that increases my faith. And sometimes, um, incidentally, I had a friend today reaching out. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm 
feeling very low right now. Financially, I'm struggling. And I just don't know what to do. I'm so mentally exhausted. What do you guys do? And I'm like, you lay on the hope of God. That's the only thing that I can do because I know he was faithful. I know he is faithful. I know he has been faithful. And I know he's going to be faithful later on. So when we're going through the slumps, when we're going through all those things, I can still hold on to the faith that he has. I can hold on to that when Jesus died on the cross, God was still faithful to raise him up three days later. And again, imagine Jesus. Jesus is like, I know you're going to raise me up in three days, but I'm still going to die on the cross. So even with, with Christ, he's like, he, he, the, the time of um, take this cup away from me, He's like, I know you will be glorified in this, and I know I'll be raised again because he, he told his disciples that he will be raised again. But still, it's that faith is like, all right, I'm going to go die on the cross. You got me, right? <laughs> you know, and same thing with us. We as Christians, we believe that through Christ, through his sacrifice, and through our uh, believing that he is going to be our Lord, we have faith that after we die, there will be a resurrection. God is going to resurrect us the same way as he resurrected Christ. <laughs> it's a huge jump of faith. But why do we have that? It's because of the word of God. It's because when Christ, Christ taught about this, right? He said that, hey, I'm going to die and be raised again. God is going to raise me again. I'm like, all right, he was faithful to Christ. He's going to be faithful to me. And that's where we hold on to it. And that's, that is a spiritual gift because I believe, sadly, I feel like there's a lot of Christians that you ask them. It's like, hey, where are you going after this? Not all 100% of them are going to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be with, with the Father in heaven. Some of them are like, well, I'm hoping I did everything right and I said the oh, right no, prayers. You know, all of a sudden there's second guessing. They're second guessing about it. No. You know that you know that you know. You better know that you know. That's, that's your eternity that you Christ talking. alone. Yeah. So, so that's what it is. We find faith in being in the word of God. Just, just like Romans 10, 17 says, we have to hold on to those promises. Uh, and that's how our faith is going to be grown. So again, being the word of God, that's where the wisdom and knowledge and power and everything else comes from. Right? And Romans ten seventeen also points to faith being very much like a muscle, that the more you're exposed to the word of God, the more that you, again, because remember faith starts with God's word, whether it's a command or a warning or a promise. So the more that you're exposed to the word of God, the more your faith is increased because you realize the promises that he said, you do realize that he's the same yesterday, today, and mm -hmm. forever. And your, your faith grows and your faith is increased uh, because you've been exposed to the word of God. And, and if you want to grow in your faith, then dive into the word. Yeah. Um, well, that, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's exactly when things come your way, like you go into the word, especially when you start memorizing the scripture, when things come our way and you, all of a sudden you're like, boom, this is a scripture that's going to give me a boost of faith this is a scripture that just like jesus when he was tempted jesus uh the, the devil is tempting him and he's like here's a scripture that's going to push me through this here's a scripture that's going to give me more faith and that's how it is we we dive into the word we memorize the verses we don't we don't need to know the address it's nice to know the address of the verse but hey we need to speak that into our lives right but they know? need to be appropriately applied yes and that thank you leads to the one of the things that we have gone astray and and so much teaching uh, you may have heard where people will say that we call those things that are not as though they were. And that's not the scripture, first of all. Um, the scripture is actually from Romans 4, 17, and it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So we don't do anything. 
We can't call anything into existence. Exactly. We can't, we can't change anything by speaking it or affirming it or positive thinking. Um, and I can't stress that enough because there's a whole movement, right? Of faith healing. And, and then people who faith don't healing, get one healed, one. it's because they get blamed. It's like, mm -hmm. you're already sick. First of all, you're already suffering with that. And then you're being blamed for your sickness as if you don't have enough faith that if you just had the faith, you would be made well, but that's not biblical. No. Faith is one gift. Healing is another gift. Yeah. Miraculous powers is a third gift. And, and faith is required of all believers, but you don't need very much of it. You just need the quality of a mustard seed, right? You don't, the life giving power, the size of a mustard seed. And it doesn't tie to your healing. God is the one, if, if you're going to be healed, it starts with the word of God, which is our, our next, uh, our next spiritual gift is healing. Mm -hmm. So understanding that healing doesn't come from the faith of the person saying the prayer or the person who's waiting to be healed. Healing comes because God decided that that person will be healed. Yeah. I, I, and that might, that might be something hard to hear because those yeah. of us who lost people from a sickness or those of us who experienced sickness ourselves or just somebody got really sick and you were watching being sick, it's hard to hear that. It's like, well, God, why aren't you choosing them? And that that's a a hard uh, pause on this teaching, but we need to understand what the point of the healing was, and know that it's not our ways, and this is not our thoughts, and we have to have faith in that. that that's where the faith actually increases. The faith does not increase in the healing. The faith increases is, is trusting God that. He is God, and we're not, and what whatever the outcome is, it's going to. He is sovereign and just. Um, John chapter nine speaks of, I think, speaks of it very well that we need to remember why there's healing, why there's this power of healing, or in anything other ones. But in chapter nine, he says, as he, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So you already see the connection that if you, something's wrong with you, it's because of the sin in your life mm -hmm. or somebody else's sin in their life and jesus wonderful wonderful jesus says neither this man nor his parents sin said jesus but this happened so that the work of god might be displayed in his life as long as it is day we must do the work of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while i'm in the world i am the light of the world again just want to focus on on, on that verse three this happens so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. That's the point of healing. And it, it might be a hard thing to swallow that the, the reason healing happens is not for your life to be better. I mean, it's a blessing to you, but it's for God to be shined for. Again, remember, these are this gift is a manifest, manifestation gift. It's an encouraging gift. It's a gift that when the church sees it or even unbelievers see it, they're like, oh. God does exist. God, the right? Holy Spirit is still working in their lives. It's, it's, you get the benefit of being healed or a loved one being healed. But the point of it is people to get closer to God. So when, when somebody does not get healed, how are we going to point to God anyways during that time? That's for us as Christians. That, that's, that's the hard part of when people are not getting healed, when people are dying from sicknesses. How are we still gonna, with our faith, uh, turn people to God? It's like, where is your God? He didn't heal so and so. Yeah, but look what He has done. He's still faithful. He's still just. He has still brought peace. 
to this person. It still brought joy in their pain. Uh, people were still heard the good news because of it. You know, even those people who challenge you, like, see what God has done. And when you testify, that's where, that's the people with faith. <laughs> the spiritual gift of faith come in and be like, no, but my God, my God does, still is faithful and he's still just. And that's where God still gets glory. And that's when unbelieving world starts to believe. Because for, for, the, for those who don't have the hope that we have in Christ, somebody gets sick, it's all over. For us, somebody gets sick, heals or does not get healed, all glory to God. And that's the, that's the attitude that we need to have. And that's where Jesus point, pointed that out, is that to show God's glory, to manifest his power. That's the only reason the only why reason. he brings healing. Yeah. It's, it's because it brings God glory. And yeah. we're not allowed to decide what brings God glory and what, you know, because from our perspective, we think, oh, well, we would always want healing, right? Yeah. We, would, we always think that God would be glorified through healing someone. But God is has a plan and he weaves us all together for a reason. He's teaching us something. Um, and we're not we're not in the place of the sovereign God. So he's the one who gets to decide who gets healed and who doesn't. And we're not in a place where we can question. We're the clay, right? We don't question the potter and what he is making out of us. Yeah, it's it's always been a challenge to me but because personally, God, God has blessed me and used me to pray for somebody and he heals that person many times. But there's also been times where I'm like, somebody's sick in front of me and I love them very much and God doesn't call me to pray over them. And I'm like, that's a key distinction. Again, going back, like we've said, with all these gifts, the, the healing starts with God pointing out, um, you know, there's a reason why when Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda, right, where he, mm -hmm. or Bethsaida, I don't know if I said it right, where he only heals the one paralytic and tells mm -hmm. him to pick up the mat and he doesn't heal everyone because it started with the word of God. God wanted that specific individual to be healed. Yeah. And it wasn't just because Jesus felt like it. It was because the Holy Spirit was guiding him and leading him. And there's times when if you have the gift of healing or God is using you to heal, he's going to show you first that he wants to heal that individual and then you pray. So it's not your yeah. prayer that's rubbing like a genie in a lamp and yeah. making God that you prayed a certain magical prayer and therefore God brought healing. It's God wanted to bring healing and you by faith responded through prayer yeah. and God honored that prayer. Yeah, and that I think that's that's the kind of the true thing, and it, it's it's a hard it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I went to Haiti on a mission trip, and we went to an orphanage with all special needs kids. They can't walk, they they can't talk, they they have all these, and it's in Haiti right after the earthquake, so horrible poverty. And I remember after I visited the orphanage, and I knew I was going to come back next next day to see them again. And I remember just crying to God. I was like, God, why can't I pray for any of them? Like, I want them to be here. How your name will be glorified. Are you, are you kidding me, God? It's, if, if I would pray just for that one orphan and he, they would start walking, um, you know, it's that the lame will, will walk. And, and, and I remember crying out to God and God's like, no, this is, this is not the time. This is not it. And I was like, is it my faith? No, it's just, it's not the time. They're going to be taken care of another way. God is going to be glorified through their life another way and the things that happen afterwards god will glorify um regardless but it was just that uh, so heartbreaking to be like god I just but if it's not me i'm not the healer it's him so me coming up to the out of my will to pray for somebody for healing 
nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Even Jesus says, I don't do anything that I want to do. I only do what God tells me to do or what I see the Father's doing. So that's, that's where you need to be. And it's not always the same thing. I love, like, you have the next verse, right? Go ahead. No, I... Yeah. So Matthew chapter 8, there's two accounts of healing. There's the story of the faith of the centurion who has a servant lying at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And the centurion tells Jesus, I don't deserve to even have you come, come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus honors that. And he says, I have not seen anyone in Israel with such great faith. And he heals the servant. And God was glorified through this man's faith and through the healing of the servant. But immediately following that, it, there's a story where Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, who's lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left, and she got up and began to wait on him. And there's no, there's no comment about faith or lack of faith or anything. It's just the will of God, yeah. and, and that's it. And obviously, Jesus was listening. He says he can't do anything except the Father leads him, right? He can only say what the Father tells him to say. He can only do what the father tells him to do. And so he's responding and acting out of obedience. And the key with healing too, for those who would have the, that God would use to heal, it's going to be different every single time. There's no, there's no recipe yeah, for healing. There's the no part, yeah. special oil that you're supposed to use. There's no special handkerchief that you lay down and bless. There's no incantation or prayer for healing that works above other prayer. It's because God is in the process of cultivating the faith, not only in the person who would be healed, but also the person that he would use to bring healing. And the way that he does that, he's, he's teaching obedience. So he'll say, like, you see Jesus, sometimes he heals with mud. Sometimes he sticks his fingers yeah, in someone's ears. In, the, in verse is chapter nine of John, when we start off, he spit into the ground, made mud and with saliva. I'm like, right. that doesn't sound healing at all. Because like, for us, we're like, all right, let me spit at you. There's a magic spit that we need to find. It's like, no, that's what he was doing. All this different. I love that he stuck his fingers in the dude's ear. I'm like, really? There's so many. And every time Jesus heals, he heals differently. And, yeah. and I think he does that on purpose yeah. so that we don't try to formulate it. Right. Because just like Simon the sorcerer and these other sorcerers in, in the book of Acts who get rebuked for trying to to make money off of, I mean, this is, and, and God is like, no, this is supernatural. And I want you to depend on me and me alone, not on some formula that you can, can create. Can you imagine the healers nowadays charging people to come to their conferences to Stop pray that. over them to get healed? <laughs> Lord, that, that, would mercy. Not, that would not wow. happen. That's have not going to happen. Mercy. <laughs> but one thing that I, I want to say, because we, a lot of times this isn't discussed. So throughout the gospels, um, you know, there's, Jesus also heals people of, of demonic spirits and of being mm -hmm. demon possessed. Yeah. And some, in some places he also talks about mental illness. Um, and Jesus has, first of all, the Lord has power over all of them, but we need to differentiate that mental illness is distinctly different from, from demonic possession. Mm -hmm. um, but again, the Lord has power over both. But if you are dealing with someone who is, who's under the influence of an evil spirit, um, one thing that we, you know, we said when Jesus heals, he does something different all the time. Sometimes he rubs their eyes or puts his finger in their ear, or spits in the mud or whatever. But when it comes to um, demonic spirits and deliverance um, and healing of, of demon possession uh, in Matthew chapter eight, verse 16, it says many who were demon possessed were brought to him. He drove out the spirits with a word and healed the sick. 
And so one thing that we just need to be careful about because scripture over and over again, when it talks about healing, very often says, you know, bring someone to the elders, have them anoint with oil and lay hands on you. There's things that we don't understand about the spiritual realm when it comes to dealing with demon possession. And again, differentiating mental illness. Again, Lord has power over everything. But when we're dealing with demon possession, we heal through a word, not through laying on hands, not through touching the person, holding them down. I have seen so much harm and so much damage and so much Mm -hmm. abuse where someone is suffering spiritually and this is handled incorrectly. You, you don't lay hands and anoint with oil. The, if deliverance is going to come, it's going to come with a word and the Lord will give you the word, the scripture, the rebuke, whatever needs to be said. Um, it's not through the, through the laying on of hands. There's never a time when it's touching. And this just, this verse specifically says he drove out spirits with a word. And I actually did a study where I read through all of the, the gospels one evening and made notes on the different healings and deliverance as well as the book of acts and there is not a single occurrence where someone who was under who was plagued by a demonic spirit where jesus healed them through touch it was only through the word so that's just a warning for anyone who would be involved in that in that realm because again we believe that all of these gifts the holy spirit is living and active and and so is the enemy that so yeah. the spiritual warfare is real and we don't want people under our pastoral care to be ignorant of that. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about it as we talk about discernment of the Spirit, one of the gifts that's definitely going to help people understand the difference and everything else. But yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned, mentioned that uh, about demon possession and healing because, again, people think if they're in sin, then they're going to get sick. So if they're in sin, that, mean they're, that means they're demon possessed. That means they might be sick of that. No, there's total separation. We need to honor that separation so we don't kind of clump um bump it in the same way but thankfully like i said god has power over all of it amen we don't amen we're just vessels yeah amen so the last one the last uh, gift that we're going to talk about in miraculous power sadly sadly as i was doing research i i read lots of commentaries i read lots of commentaries and i read i listened to couple of uh, sermons about miraculous gifts of miraculous power and sadly I heard over and over again of uh, pastors and theologians saying that the gift of miraculous power is no more that it's just not there it died with the apostles the whole point it was the whole point of of the gift of miraculous power was to just establish the church at the beginning and that's it and that 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 really grieved my spirit because I feel like the, the spirit has not changed just like when they talked about there was a, no more gift of apostleship, there's no more gift of prophecy. And I'm like, no, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the same today as it was the, the day before, yeah, 2,000 years ago. So I, I truly believe, I know in my life, God, God has done so many things that I cannot, I can, I cannot uh, explain many miracles. And then I also have seen him do miraculous things through others. Um, that is true, that is alive and well and everything else. So I, I for me, and I know um, my wife agrees with me, at least in, in core, we truly believe that the gift of miraculous power is still alive and well as long as we have the Holy Spirit in us and as long as we listen to the Father who commands us to do those. He's still in the business to, of the supernatural. Of, of supernatural, absolutely. And again, it is for God's glory. It's not for, for us to be... Um, be magicians. 
to do something cool. Uh, but I, absolutely, it's the power of God. It's still done. I don't have the first one. Yeah, you do. You're right there, X13. Oh, I do. <laughs> All right, so, so one, one of the first ones, uh, one of the first uh, miraculous powers that they see, which is probably people don't want to talk about in the church, but we're going to talk about it. And this is uh, when, is it this one? Yeah, verse 6. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I got your back. Thank you. Uh, so so the, this one is one of those that um, I, I feel like there's a confrontation between, between Paul between Paul and between the evil spirit, between Satan. And, and you see the power of God just moving through Paul to do a miraculous, miraculous sign, miraculous power. So Acts chapter 13, verse 6. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of, of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, I'm going to skip through it. Uh, so the sorcerers, he, cha he challenges Paul and everything else. Um, so then Paul confronts him. You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? And here's Paul's, uh, Paul being used and show God's uh, miraculous power. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, the Bar-Jesus person and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand so is this miraculous power that that god granted paul at that instance to shut down this false prophet that was going against the word of god totally blind the person like that is as miraculous as it gets for and again i know that god showed this to him first to Paul, and, he and the then faith. he had faith to speak it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, a, that's the scary part. Sometimes God, I think, shows us some things, and he's like, just speak it, and it will be. And we're like, oh, no, that's that's pretty powerful. And we might look at this, uh, that be like, oh, why would he cause them to be blind? But this was for, to honor God. But he God. was calling out, a, he was a false prophet. Absolutely. And imagine in the church today, if there were people who had the faith for God to use them to call out people who are doing false teaching, false prophecy. And I'm not saying that we should go around making people blind, but to show signs and wonders to differentiate. Look at, look at Moses when he was, God was using him to deliver the people from Egypt. He, there was, there was always false opposition and the Holy spirit always proved himself more powerful than what the magicians could do. And yet the church today is impotent when there's people out there doing false things all the time. And, making money off of it or mm -hmm. leading people astray. And if the, the true people of God would rise up and speak against that and call out the false prophets mm -hmm. and show signs and wonders to show that the true, the true church, um, the power again of the Holy spirit moving, um, we would shut down so much of the false teaching and the division that's in the church because you can't fake that. Yeah. And I, I think the, what we do, what we do, is we theologically um, argue about mm -hmm. these things. We said there's like, oh, he's a false prophet, and let me tell you why. Because in Greek, this is the word means, and then he used this word, and that. 
No, call it out. Speak with power. Again, if God leads you, of course, right? That's important. And that's something I apologize. I skipped in verse nine. It says, then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at him and said what I, what so it's I not out of his own power yeah. it's not because he's you know competing but this man was a sorcerer and he calls him out for his his falsehood that he was he even went around as with the name bar jesus because he was imitating and preaching a false gospel um so another another incident there's a lot of but we're just differentiating between healing and miraculous power in acts chapter 12 uh starting in verse 5 it says peter was in prison but the church was earnestly praying to god for him and we see that that night an angel appears and allows Peter, leads him straight out of Peter didn't even know what was going on. He just, mm -hmm. he thought he was having a dream. But because the church was faithful in prayer, God worked a miracle. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we all have stories of God doing something miraculous in our life. And we've been able to see that. I know that I have an abundance of times where there was no human explanation mm -hmm. and God did something miraculous in my life, but we don't talk about it that much because we don't want to be weird or we don't want to seem super spiritual. Um, but because of the faithfulness of the church in prayer, Peter was delivered and, and wasn't, um, I mean, they had, Herod had every intention of killing Peter the same way he had killed, killed James. James. They saw that it was popular and he was like, oh, cool, let's do another one. Right. And so Peter, uh, Peter was sleeping. It had nothing to do with Peter's <laughs> faith, had nothing to do even, you know, that Peter was super spiritual. It was because the church God collectively used the church to do a supernatural, miraculous thing. Yeah, I think and that kind of goes with uh, in, in Jesus's time with a paralytic who the four people brought the, the person to Jesus. And it wasn't even about the, the person. It was the, the people who brought him because of them. The, the healing happened, not, right. not only the healing, but also forgiveness of the sin happened all at the same time because of those people so miraculous signs can be happening for you because of somebody else's prayers right. and because of god moving in their hearts right. uh, so that's that's a big one too and act 16 gives another encounter of the miraculous where paul and silas were in prison and they were praying and singing hymns and i think i love this example because god works a miracle through their worship um, they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. And there was suddenly such a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. The prison doors opened and everyone's chains came loose. And they get an opportunity to witness to the jailer. They don't escape. But but God ends up delivering them from their imprisonment because they were faithful in prayer and in worship. And I think if we could just understand the power of our worship, it's not just to work us into an emotional frenzy or to sing some sort of incant. You know, it's through worship chains are broken through mm -hmm. worship people find deliverance spiritual deliverance physical deliverance um god can we we open up for god to move um but only if our worship is directed in that way and we we have an expectation that allows god by faith to do what god already wants to do he's willing and able he's just waiting on his church to trust him to be able to do it yeah i, I again in ephesians the way the verse where we started uh, not Ephesians, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, where we started, it says to what the person can handle. But by the, we're limited only by the faith that we have sometimes. Like how much are we going to trust God? Are we going to trust God that we can heal somebody if God, he tells us to? Do we, have, do we trust God that if, we, if God tells us to have moving miraculous power, 
would we actually do it? You know, are we going to trust God and bring an umbrella? Right. <laughs> that was kind of that, that, that was kind of the big point. Right. And again, our faith or lack of faith doesn't enable or inhibit God from being able. God is going to do what God wants to do no matter what. But God chooses to use us and he wants us to partner with him. And faith is the vehicle that allows us to partner with him. And so that's why I think we get confused and we think that faith is the somehow magical key to unlocking whether or not God does the supernatural. Mm -hmm. But that's because God connects with us in the place of faith. He, he, it's an invitation. God invites us into the miraculous and our faith, our trust in him um, is our partnership. And God chooses to use our faith in order to move in a supernatural way. But it's not our faith that flips God on and off like a switch. Yeah, I think our faith is that you just know that he can do that. Yeah, um, and uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and going back to it, it's all for God's glory. If you're like God, give me the power to let this car so that people can see how strong I am. It's that's, not about that's you. That's not about you. It's not about you. Let me, if God show me, give me the power to heal this person so they can see how much faith I have. It's not about you. It's It's mm -hmm. all about... It's all about God and God alone. And it's about winning people to Christ. And I yeah, think we can exactly. finish with this. Yeah. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've said this before and we'll just drive it home again. After Jesus sends out the 72 and they're able to heal and they're able to deliver people from demonic influences, um, they come back and they're rejoicing. And Jesus says, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And we can't drive that home enough that all of these things are amazing and God can use and move in supernatural ways, but we we shouldn't be looking and putting our faith in sign and wonders. Our faith needs to be in that our in rejoicing that our names are written in the book of life, that that people are actually getting saved and walking away from their life of sin and trusting God and finding through Christ Jesus eternal life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That that's that's that we're rejoicing. We rejoice that we got healed, but let's rejoice more that through this healing, more people will come to Christ. We rejoice that miraculous power happened, but let's rejoice in what's going to happen, what God's going to do in unbelievers' hearts, or even in the believers' hearts, is it going to encourage them and strengthen them more to pursue God more and pursue the Word of God, and not just like that's the whole point of this. That's why I feel like it's very. That, that these verses, uh, these gifts are the manifestation, the encouraging things because we encourage to get closer to God. That's what they're for. And if you don't see them, start searching for them. You start praying for it. You start uh, listening to God. He says eagerly desire the greater yeah. gifts so we can pray for these gifts. If we're not seeing them in the church, we need to ask God, here am I, Lord, send me. Exactly, exactly. It's not like, let me come to church and see what, Guys, someone else, someone yeah. else is going to do. How does the worship team, how is the pastor going to preach? How does whatever? No, God, why am I here today? What gift are you going to give me today to bring glory to you and encourage the body of Christ and to and uh, bring unbelievers closer to you? That's where we're coming in. And I think that that's going to be our message over and over again as we as we look into this uh, this study. Let's write more names in the book of, in the book of life. That's where it is. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at courtchurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.